Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. Michigan football is set for a top 10 showdown against Penn State. We bring in a Penn State expert to help preview the matchup. From the Nittany Lions' stingy defense to its talented quarterback, we get you ready for Saturday right here on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be with you here Wednesday morning, November 8th, a few days out um, from Michigan's biggest game of the season. It's the one we've been kind of talking about on this podcast uh, for months. We knew when the season uh, started, the Michigan schedule was backloaded. I don't think we realized how backloaded it was just because of how maybe mediocre the teams that preceded this game were. Um, and then maybe even, you know, Penn State surprising people with being as, as good as they were. So we bring in our colleague Johnny McGonigal from PennLive.com, uh, MLive.com's sister site. We're all under the advanced local umbrella uh, to help talk about the Nittany Lion. Johnny, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Little uh, little advanced local synergy. Things we love to see. Absolutely. So uh, first question is a general one. Sort of just tell us about Penn State. Many Michigan fans, I think maybe only really watched the Ohio State game this year and maybe bits and pieces of others, kind of like Michigan. They've had a lot of lopsided games. Yeah, so this is a uh, you know this is a top 10 team, though. How, how'd they sort of get here? Yeah, it, it's interesting where they're at, right? They're 8-1. and one. It, It's kind of where Penn State fans, in their heart of hearts, of course, they, they would love Penn State to beat Ohio State, but I think if you asked the, the rational average Penn State fan before the season – Eight and one going into Michigan is kind of where they expected uh, to be. You know, they had West Virginia to open the season at home, Iowa with a whiteout, and, and that game had a little bit more juice than maybe it would otherwise, uh, given the 2021 game between those two teams. But you know, Penn State was expected to win both of those games. Maryland this past weekend, they always seem to dominate Maryland in College Park. It's kind of a, been a thing for James Franklin. Uh, and so you look at what this team has done to this point. Um, the, the defense coming into the year was always going to be the strong suit, especially when you have a first-year starting quarterback, a wide receiver room that's been an area of concern going back to even spring camp. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I, I think I think Penn State fans are generally pleased to be at 8-1 and one, uh, and feel like they have a shot in this game this weekend. Uh, 
you know, we'll, we'll see, right. We'll see on Saturday um, what this Penn state team is able to do and, and what Michigan's able to do. Obviously, like you guys mentioned, right. Their, their season kind of starts uh, this weekend. Yeah. Did I, Aaron Ryan, did I, did I overstate that? Or is this, or this is the real first test for this, this Michigan team all year? No, it's, Perfectly succinct, perfectly. Um, they haven't had Michigan has not been tested at this point. Uh, this will be their, their certainly their first one of the season. Um, I think a lot of Michigan fans are waiting to see um, how Michigan fares. Um, you know, because they haven't really had their their backs have not been against the wall yet. I mean, they 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 there's been really. I mean, we were talking about last week how little JJ McCarthy and some of these starters have played in the fourth quarter. Um, they got a little bit of a run last week against Purdue, but I mean, it just. You've never gotten the feeling this year that Michigan um, had a shot to lose a game. And I think Saturday could potentially be that opportunity. Uh, but I, I think if you ask the players, and we have this past week, I think they're they're ready for, for a game of this this magnitude. Michigan ran for more than 400 yards in last year's game uh, against Penn State. They, you know, literally kind of running away with the game in the second half. Is Is Penn State better equipped to slow Michigan's ground game this time? Andrew, that's kind of the million-dollar question. Uh, really, since the Michigan game last year, you know, I remember it being a talking point uh, at the Rose Bowl when we were able to meet with Manny Diaz, the defensive coordinator, throughout the offseason. Uh, are they big enough? Are they cohesive enough uh, from a communication standpoint even? like, Are they on the same page and ready for a test like this on the ground? Uh, I, I came away really impressed with how the defense played at Ohio State. Now that was an Ohio State team that didn't have Travion Henderson, who beat Penn State, you know, last year. Uh, you know, had a big had a big role in that win in Happy Valley. So, but but still holding Ohio State uh, to twenty points. I think they only averaged two and a half yards per carry on thirty three carries. Now this this rush you know rushing game for. Michigan is a little bit different with Corum and Edwards and the offensive line uh, that Michigan has as compared to Ohio State's. I feel like Ohio State's offensive line this year is just you know average by their standards. But in terms of what Penn State has up front, uh, you, their pass rush is just I, I, it's one of the better pass rushes they've had, uh, and and a lot of that you know hinges on Chop Robinson playing this weekend. We're not sure of his status as of yet uh, after suffering. You know, sustaining a head-to-head uh, collision at Ohio State, didn't play the following week, traveled to Maryland, uh, but did not play. He warmed up with the team, even though he was listed as out. Um, so the, the pass rush, even without him, Adisa Isaac is having one of his – probably his best season in a Penn State uniform. Deny Dennis Sutton has been, has been a nice um, – you know, has done a nice job off the edge. And Zane Durant on the interior as well uh, at defensive tackle. But – it's going to be a big game for Kaziah Izzer, for Hakeem Beeman, uh, who I thought was especially, you know, he's, he's not really the run-stopping type uh, at defensive tackle. Um, you know, Devon Ellis. So these guys are going to be tested. And it's not just really the front either. It's the linebackers, obviously, Curtis Jacobs and Abdul Carter uh, and Kobe Keene fitting, you know, running and, and fitting up into that line. But we're going to find out because Penn State has not faced – a rushing team like this, you know, Iowa in, in their perfect scenario would be that kind of ground and pound team. They aren't, um, Brian Ferentz has a lot to do with that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this is going to be like maybe the only major test for Penn State's run defense this year. I, I got to wonder too, like if they're going to need it, like Michigan's run game has not been as good as it was last year. Um, they're averaging you know, one yard fewer per, per carry. Dominic Edwards just doesn't seem to have the burst that he has. 
he had last year. Um, they aren't using Blake Corman. They're certainly not giving him the number of carries that, that they did last year. So part of me wonders if it, that's not necessarily going to be an issue. I mean, Michigan struggled to run the ball this year. Um, I certainly think they're going to try on Saturday. Um, obviously, ideally, in a, in a perfect world, Jim Harbaugh and the coaching staff want to be balanced. They want to be 50-50. They want to throw for 200 and, and, and rush for 200. But, I mean, you can go back to Saturday against against Purdue and, and Michigan, their two primary backs would barely crack 100 yards. So um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what Michigan's game plan is on Saturday. Um, it, certainly, I mean, they have the offensive line that they think they have to, to run the football. Um, I don't know if the if the results have matched up with their their hopes and dreams here, but um, I, I don't know. I, I think if Michigan wins this game on Saturday, it's going to be through the air with JJ McCarthy, as opposed to maybe you know the, the ground game like last year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if if Michigan has to kind of abandon their ground game pretty early if if Penn State shows that they, they can stop it because you do not want to be in second and long and third and long situations against uh, against this Penn State defense. And I realize JJ McCarthy and Michigan's been possibly the best third down team all season. But again, they haven't faced a Penn State defense like this. And if you're getting sacked or getting pressured on third and eights and, and second and tens, yeah, that, that could lead to, to potentially turnovers and, and stuff like that. So uh, I, I think Michigan might try and run the ball. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him abandon it if it's not working and, and just go to more short passing games. It's not like Michigan's really or McCarthy's aired it out much and, and taking a lot of deep shots this year, but their short game, their short passing game and quick outs and stuff like that has, has been pretty effective. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely not the same Michigan run rushing offenses as, as 2021 and 2022. It's interesting because Penn state right now, I mean, if you look at the the stats and stuff, I think they're the second in the country in, in rush defense in terms of yards uh, allowed per game. And, it does. It, it, I shouldn't say it doesn't feel like that because you look at what Maryland, like Maryland, couldn't run the ball against them. Iowa can run the ball against them. West Virginia, I thought, had a little bit of success uh, in the season opener, but really since then, I mean, there was one drive against Indiana where you're like, oh, where'd the run defense go? Um, but for the most part, they've been stout against the run, and they've got a lot of talent in the secondary too. Uh, I, I don't think Kalen King, uh, who before the season was a preseason All American. Projected first round pick, uh, ranked second in the FBS last year in pass breakups. I don't think he's played to the level that he can um, this season. And it wasn't just against Marvin Harrison Jr., who seems to get everyone. Um, you know, I, I think he is he's missed some plays here and there and hasn't looked like the kind of player that I thought he might. But Johnny Dixon at corner has been really good. Daquan Hardy has been great as a redshirt senior. Uh, the safeties, Jalen Reed and KJ Winston, have been the best. Uh, you know, pairing. They've got four that they feel confident throwing out there, but I think those two have been the best of the bunch. Uh, and so I think if it becomes that kind of game where JJ is dropping back and, and Michigan tries to win through the air, I think Penn State might take that, uh, even though you look at the stats and say, okay, they're they're great against the run and, and all that. Um, also, just judging how last year went, I, I really think that game sticks, you know, kind of in the minds of a lot of Penn State players. Uh, it bothered them weeks after, even again, talking to some of the guys out at the Rose Bowl, like, you know, moving on from that game and the way that it went and how they just, I mean, it was 418 rushing yards that you let up. You don't let a, a performance like that kind of just, you know, dissipate and disappear from your mind. Um, so I, I think though, if, if, if it becomes a, you know, JJ is attempting 35 times, I think Penn state would take that. I really do. Let's, uh, let's look at the other side of the ball a little bit here. Uh, I mean, is, is is Drew Aller, you know, sort of the real deal? I mean, Michigan feels 
you know, very comfortable, like we were just saying, putting the ball in its quarterback's hands, you know, if the run game is shaky. Does Penn State feel the same way about Aller? I think Drew is the real deal. I mean, he came in with all the pedigree in the world, number one, you know, quarterback in his class, five star kid. Uh, I think he's handled himself well. And coming off of the Maryland game, I thought that was his best performance of the season. He was sharp. He was in rhythm. Uh, he was calm and composed back there, which you didn't see at Ohio State. And there are a lot of factors that go into it, too. Like, I think Drew has the ceiling and has the ability and, and the temperament and the mentality to reach the high ceiling that he has. It's a matter of all the pieces around him. I thought at Ohio State, the play calling by Mike Yersich was frankly bad. Uh, they got off schedule really quickly and never got back on. Uh, and then the wide receivers I mentioned being a concern earlier. You know, they lost Parker Washington and Mitchell Tinsley last season, you know, uh, after last season. And they were searching the portal like crazy to find immediate replacements. And until last week when Dante Cephas had two touchdowns at Maryland, you know, th those the, the, the portal didn't really produce for them. And so they were relying on Keandre Lambert Smith, who is their number one wide receiver, but I mean, on a on, on a fully functioning and, and really good passing offense in college football, I peg him more as a number two or three receiver, um, and, and that's no shot to him. He's he's a good player, but um, I just think the pieces around Drew haven't really clicked as much. You know, the the timing and everything hasn't been on, and the running game really hasn't been on either. I think that's kind of the biggest storyline of this Penn State offense um, so far, in my opinion. Uh, you know, because for a lot of people, it's a lack of big plays and and everything there. But you know, Nick Singleton hasn't had a hundred yard game yet. Uh, he has just not looked in rhythm. You know, he's looked out of sorts so far. Even when he has a hole, it seems like he's running out of it. Katron Allen has been the better back um, of the two so far this season, and he's hitting a stride recently. Uh, so I'm sure Penn State would like to ride that a bit in this game. It's weird with Nick because you know you know he's just you know, a split second or, or an open hole away from taking it 70 yards. It just hasn't happened this year. So I think all those things kind of contribute uh, to, you know, Drew Aller, maybe, I mean, the guy has 20 touchdowns and one pick this year. So you can't fault him too much uh, for that. But I don't think it's been as clean as maybe Penn State fans would hope. Michigan's defense has done a very good job of getting pressure on the quarterback this year, but not necessarily getting home. So I'm really curious to see how how Penn State tries to combat that, whether it's from the short, you know, quick game or or dropping back and and, and throwing deep. Um, it, it, Michigan's defense has been very good. I think they're 10th or 11th nationally against the rush. Um, very good against the pass. So um, I, I think trying to get the ball out of Aller's hands as quick as possible is probably going to be the, the mo for Michigan on Saturday. Um, you know, they've, they've done a very good job of rotating their, their edge rushers. And I think that's certainly going to play a factor on Saturday, but how, how Penn state tries to combat that I think is going to be key here because we've seen teams try to get the ball out quickly against this Michigan defense and not allow them to get home and, 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 and you know, complete the sack. So, um, I, I think Aller is going to be key to the Penn state offense. I mean, is it going to be key to Penn state's chances of winning on Saturday? And, um, he's interesting. Like you said, five-star kid, Michigan was interested in him. I don't think they ended up in the, in the finalist run for him, but, um, he's been a guy, I think the whole big tens had their eyes on all season long. And, and certainly from his, for his perspective, I think this is going to be a, a, you know, a important game uh, for him. Yeah. And, and I mean, like I said, he has the talent, he has the arm strength, some of the throws that he makes, I, I go back to, it was a 33 yard throw kind of across the field, cross hash to Liam Clifford. Yes, that's Sean Clifford's younger brother, who was a wide receiver on this team. Uh, doesn't play a whole lot, but when he's in, it's always a, a subtle reminder, not so subtle reminder. Um, he made a 33-yard throw at, at, at Illinois, 
And I'm like, I was just sitting there in the press box thinking like not many college quarterbacks can make that kind of throw. There was a tight window red zone throw uh, to Tyler Warren um, over this past weekend against Maryland. And I thought the same thing. And so he's capable of those moments. And we saw at the end of the Indiana game when they really needed it, you know, he aired it out and laid it out perfectly, you know, to Keandre Lambert Smith for a 57 yard touchdown to win that game. Those plays just haven't really been there for Penn State so far this season. I think a part of it is Mike Yurcich, the offense coordinator, and James Franklin. You know, they they have a first year starting quarterback and they've kind of drilled it in his head. You know, don't make mistakes and, and play within, you know, take what the defense gives you. And I almost you, you never want to throw interceptions, but I almost think it was kind of an issue that the Indiana game was his first interception of the season. Like they just weren't taking as many chances as I, I feel like. And I know a lot of Penn State fans too feel like they could have or should have. Uh, and James Franklin acknowledged this week that, you know, if, if they're going to beat Michigan, they're going to need to connect on a shot or two uh, to a, at the very least loosen up this defense, if not score a touchdown or create a big play. Um, you can't go the entire day trying to take check downs and underneaths. Uh, we saw them try to do that against Ohio State, and it just didn't work. I mean, they, they were in third and long all day, and they converted one of 16 of them. That's not going to work uh, you know, this weekend. This Penn State team seems to have a lot of parallels to the 2022 Michigan team. I and mean, we, we talked about Drew Aller a lot, and that was similar to J.J. McCarthy last year. I mean, a sophomore quarterback that's a former five-star guy, and it just seemed like they didn't want to put him in, in situations where they, he was risking the football, um, it kind of sheltered him a little bit. Um, and he didn't really have a, a go-to receiver last year. I think that was the, the biggest critique of Michigan's offense in 2022. There was no reliable guy that McCarthy could go to when, when they needed a big play. Obviously, that things have changed uh, this year with, with Roman Wilson and Colston Loveland and Cornelius Johnson still being on the team. But, yeah, I think the only really difference is, like, we, Penn State has, another, has a great defense similar to Michigan. But, yeah, Michigan was able to hang their hat on the rushing game last year and Penn State hasn't really been able to do that this year. But other than that, I mean, this those two teams are, are pretty similar, and, and I think Michigan will have their hands full on Saturday. That was Ryan Zook talking. I'm Andrew Kahn. We've got Aaron McMahon as well. All of us from MLive.com slash Wolverines is where you can find our stories. And we're joined by Johnny McGonigal of PennLive.com, who covers Penn State, uh, who's helping us preview this game. Um, Johnny, I want to ask you kind of just bluntly, how do you think this game will play out? Um, I'm looking, I'm seeing Mission as a four-point favorite. I'm seeing uh, over-under of uh, 46 points, which is low, but then I started scrolling. There's, I found at least three Big Ten games alone that are a lower number. Uh, I thought maybe lower for the top two defenses in the country. Um, but yeah, I mean, what 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 are the kind of going to be the keys to this game? Is there something fans can look for even on the opening drives uh, that will tell you kind of maybe which way this thing might go? Yeah, I mentioned Katron Allen earlier, and I think that if you if you're a Penn State fan and you're sitting in Beaver Stadium on Saturday and you see Katron get an eight- or nine-yard carry on the first drive, I think that's a building block. That's something that will give you confidence moving forward throughout the entire game. If, if you're James Franklin at Penn State, you want this thing to be a one-possession game at the end and and just see what happens. I, th- I think that's the best-case best scenario uh, for this team, and, and preferably, uh, if you're Penn State, get an early lead uh, because we have saw at Ohio State – 
their inability to play from behind, and really all of their wins this year. You know, they've they've um, you know there have been some close calls at half where you go in at halftime, you know, close with Northwestern and Illinois, and then they just kind of pull away. But for the most part, when Penn State's offense is working at its best, it's when it has a lead and when it's able to you know just kind of chew clock a bit, you know, control the game, get into third and manageable. I mentioned the third and longs at Ohio State. I mean, their average distance to gain was about eight yards. And so that is not Penn State's offense uh, at its best, at its peak this season. They would love for it to be third and three, third and two, um, maybe even fourth and one, and, and to go for some of those. They haven't been shy about that. They've used the uh, the Philly brotherly shove a few times. They used the, the T formation with both Katron Allen and Nick Singleton uh, in the backfield to create some misdirection. Uh, so I, I think that's where Penn State, if they're going to win this game, they want to live. Uh, they certainly don't want to see you know, the, the backs of Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum like they did last season. If that's the case, then it could get ugly quick. Um, but if they're able to, you know, run the ball decently and get some early points on the board, I think that goes a long way uh, for an offense that just a few weeks ago looked like it had no idea what it was doing at Ohio State. It would not surprise me at all if the team with the ball at the end of this game wins it. Um, I think it's going to be a close back and forth affair. I don't see any team really jumping out to a huge lead at any point. Um, you got, again, two of the best defenses really in the country. You've got two offenses capable of scoring. Um, you know, I, I think it's really going to come down to, this might sound cliche, but the team that makes a fewer mistakes and the one that maybe has one or two more explosive plays. Um, we saw that a couple years ago at Penn State when Michigan was, you know, they trailed for a little bit and they got that big play from Eric Hall to score a touchdown midway through the fourth and, and won the game. So, um, I, I do think the point spread and the total is right, about right right on. Um, you know, I, I don't see a ton of points being scored in this game. I, it would not surprise me if it ends up being like a 21-17, 20, you know, 24-20 game. Um, it, it, you got two really good teams here. I do think, obviously, Penn State benefits from having home field advantage. Um, Beaver Stadium is obviously always an incredible place and a tough place to play, and I think the players have acknowledged it this, this, uh, you know, this week. Um, but as we said, too, I mean, we don't know how Michigan's going to respond if they do go down early, you know, and I think that's the key here for Penn State, right, is, is scoring and punching Michigan in the mouth first and forcing them to play from behind because we really just haven't seen them have to do it all season long. So I I, I don't know. I'm expecting a close game. I, I do think Michigan pulls it out in the end, but I'm not expecting a you know, lopsided affair like some of these Wolverines games that have been, you know, this season. I have a question for all you guys. Over, under 0.5 points in the third quarter. <laughs> it's a great question because, of course, neither team has allowed one uh, all season. It's just been incredible. Um, yeah, Michigan is outscoring opponents 114 to nothing in the third quarter. Penn State is is lagging there, only 97 points uh, in the third quarter to their opponents, zero. Uh, it definitely is a is a noteworthy stat. Uh, you know, Aaron was Aaron. I'm with Aaron. You want to see what Michigan can. Uh, you know how they respond. They they've been they've been smacked early. They've had that like kind of you know cold water in in the face moment. Uh, you know Rutgers scores on the third play of the game. All of a sudden you're down seven nothing. Michigan doesn't allow another point. They win that game thirty one seven. Indiana was actually ahead in this game in the second quarter. Uh, it's the latest uh, Michigan has trailed in a game all season. Uh, they're down in the second quarter. What do they do? They rattle off fifty two unanswered and win. 52 to seven. So uh, they've had those moments, but they haven't had gut check time in the fourth quarter. And I think it's a little different. Yeah. Being down at some point, you know, super early in the game than actually, you know, trying to execute 
uh, fourth quarter snaps because for the most part, it's been backups doing it. J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, uh, a lot of the linemen, they haven't even been in the game in the fourth quarter in a lot of these things. And, you know, Penn State has been, and I think that can work to to their advantage. So, uh, yeah, Johnny, I don't know if you want to weigh in on that or or you know get back to, to Ryan's question about the, the third quarter. <laughs> well, the third quarter, I'll I'll put a prediction. I think someone gets a field goal in the third quarter <laughs> and, and and breaks that streak. Um, no, I mean getting getting back to you know with the spread and the over and stuff. I think both are fair. Uh, I think this is going to be low scoring. If anything, I think the under would be a play. I I, I see it being like a seventeen fourteen game. Uh, think back to there. There was a game Penn State Ohio State back in the day. Uh, Troy Smith getting sacked by Tom Bahali. It was a big atmosphere, big win for Penn State. I don't know if they win this game this weekend. I before the season, I predicted that Penn State would go eleven and one, lose to Ohio State, and beat Michigan. But after watching and being at the Ohio State game a few weeks back, it, it just my my mind is telling me like they're they're not going to win this game. But um, I do think being at home really does help. And I know that sometimes home field advantage can be overstated uh, in some cases. Uh, but I think Penn State and, and Beaver Stadium is going to be really riled up uh, for this one. It's their biggest home game of the year by a mile. I know the whiteout was was the Iowa game. Uh, if Penn State fans had their druthers, this would be a night a night game. Uh, thank you, Fox, for the, for the big noon kickoff. Um, but I, I really do think it's going to be a great environment, a great atmosphere uh, for this kind for a top ten game that matters to both of these teams tremendously. If Penn State loses then they, they really don't accomplish their goal coming into the year. If you're finishing 10 and two uh, would honestly feel pretty empty uh, to a lot of Penn state fans who uh, you know, thought that this was going to be their best shot against Ohio state, given the talent on both sides of the ball, the depth and everything that kind of had built up for Penn state so far. And same deal, you know, with this Michigan game, you know, if they come up empty and Owen two, uh, not only it would it be disappointing for James Franklin and his overall record against both of those teams, but you know, for a fan base that has wanted uh, to, to you know, at least have a chance to get into the 14 playoff, like 12 team playoff can't come soon enough for Penn state. Uh, but if they're able to get this win and finish 11 and one, and you know, who knows with big 10 tiebreakers, uh, then, then they're in that conversation again. Uh, if they were to lose this weekend, I think it would be, uh, you know, kind of a kind of an underwhelming ten and two, which a lot of teams across the country would kill for. Uh, but that's just kind of where Penn State is right now. Yeah, I mean, even two years ago in 2021, I mean, I thought Michigan going into that game was the was the much better team, and Penn State season was kind of over at that point, and Michigan needed that that late touchdown. Um, or yeah, by Eric All to 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 win that game. They uh, they had a huge defensive stand to hold Penn State to a field goal. So I mean, yeah, being on the being on the road in in, in that environment can definitely create a give the home team an, uh, an advantage is probably a three to seven points in my opinion. So yeah, and I think this Penn State team is much better than that 2021 team. So I, I definitely think it will be a, a one store game. We'll have to uh, make sure our listeners have reason to read our our you know predictions column on Friday, so we won't tip our hands exactly on which way we're going. Uh, but yeah, you guys have anything else to to hit on on this game or want to ask Johnny? Yeah, I guess before we go, I, I think we'd be remiss not to ask about the off the field stuff with Michigan. Uh, you know, we know James Franklin, I think, is is the chair of the American Football Coaches Association Ethics Committee. What is he and what have the players said? I'm, I'm sure they've, it's been brought up this week. What have they been saying about Michigan's uh, off the field issues? 
Yeah, James Franklin hasn't said much. Uh, he was asked a few weeks ago, I think it was on October 24th, when when the the news was starting to break about um, about sign stealing and everything, and he just said, "Look, it it magnifies the issue with, with it being in the news and being you know in conference, but that they always change their signs and they're always trying to disguise things." And uh, and this week, when he was asked about it directly. He just kind of said he was focused on what's going on on the field, and that's not a surprise uh, for Franklin, who you know has made this one and zero each week mentality thing. Uh, it's it's you know it's frustrating as as a reporter when you're you know asking you know players uh, after the UMass game about Ohio State upcoming, and they're like, yeah, we just want to enjoy this win, and then we'll. Get, it's like, come on, like give me something. Uh, <laughs> And so it, it's it's permeated throughout the program. So, yeah, no no real comments or any incendiary, um, you know, quotes that that can get thrown around. Uh, we'll see maybe if if uh, Franklin loosens up a bit. You know, we're recording this Wednesday morning. We're, we're talking to talking to James later tonight after practice. So uh, maybe he'll have something for us then. But so far, nothing. Practice. That's when they are preparing they do things among themselves to prepare for a game we don't know what that would be like on this beat we get we get uh we get like 10 to 15 minutes of stretching and uh and special yeah. teams work and uh, you know a little bit of drills here and there uh but yeah it, it's not the most revealing let's let's put it that way I wouldn't even know how to get to Missions Field. They have it so locked up in in, <laughs> in Ann Arbor. So that's still a lot more than than we get, and and definitely would would never get Jim on a, on a Wednesday. That's for sure. It's a, a Monday only thing, and then we'll we'll see him after games. That's about it. Yep, they put up some barriers and screens that are apparently for the wind. Uh, that all of a sudden became a factor, you know, this year and had nothing to do with blocking. Uh, yes, our. The sight lines of, of people crossing a, crossing <laughs> a particular win. bridge near near the stadium, but so be it. Uh, all right. Well, Michigan, Penn State, noon game. Uh, yes, we thank our corporate television overlords for for that one. Uh, and uh, yeah, top ten matchup with so much on the line uh, in the Big Ten East, the playoff rankings, and and beyond. So, Johnny, thank you for for coming on to talk about this one. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. All right, and you can continue to read about this game on MLive.com slash Wolverines as well as on PennLive.com. Thanks for listening.